All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with the N 2.0 podcast. And sorry about last week not recording any podcast. I've been, me and the fiance, we recently got a house and we were moving into everything. And it was just a lot. And I didn't feel like having to record a bunch of stuff beforehand. So I figured upon return, I would talk about Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. I'd make this the final part, part three. So, in part one, we discussed that Moira McTaggart has a mutant gene, and that pretty much she's able to reincarnate, but when she reincarnates, she remembers everything she originally did from the previous life. So, her and Charles and Magneto, they've been systematically, you know, making these big moves towards, you know, bumping up Krakoa and making it more or less this giant powerhouse. The way it is. You know, they've so far has gone up and they've recruited Mr. Sinister. They have been developing drugs to help, you know, cure illnesses. But they haven't fully let, let them out yet. And then in the 100 years future, you have where the part two with the 100 years future, you had Rasputin the fourth with Chimeras where... They essentially ended up going with Apocalypse to do the suicide mission to essentially get back whatever mutants they could. So we're going we're gonna to kind of go from there. This so way kind of gives you guys a quick recap. So, part three. So we go back to present day. Now, during this time I talked about in, the pre- in part one and I think part two, I brought up what they like to call as a mother mold, which essentially creates master molds. Now, it's a giant like sentinel creation factory and essentially that's what it is but they this one's behind venus it's more or less next to venus is where it's at and it's a space station full of more or less mutant hating extremists who love sentinels and that's kind of more or less their game plan so the of course, Charles and Magneto and the X when they find out about it, and they're like, "We need to leave. We need to have a mission go out there. Like, we need something to go on. We need to go about stopping this. You know, we need to more or less, you know, before more before a mother mold able to create a craft ton of master molds, which are even more difficult to destroy." We need to stop this. We need to take down the space station. We just need to destroy it in general. Which they may, which of course the X-Men of being who they are, they go in. Now the team is Cyclops, Mystique, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Jean Grey, and a handful of other X-Men to go with them. Now, when they're on this mission. Things go wrong. They get detected early. So it's not going to what they thought would be, where they go going undetected, they're okay. And systematically, like they, the few people on the team, that at first, a couple of people are killed and injured. But lucky enough, the remaining team is able to get away. Gene Gray is able to keep a telepathic link. With, I can't remember who were the other two, but then you have Cyclops, Wolverine, Mystique, Nightcrawl, and a couple others. I think with Storm, it was involved with it too. They all managed to get inside the ship. 
and each managed to start, you know, taking down locks after they killed the guy that threw the grenade inside of their ship that they were lucky enough they weren't all injured, but the people that were killed, that you know, that's less teammates they have in there. So they're going around there, they're taking out locks systematically. Now, what I didn't talk about beforehand was why Mystique is doing this. So Mystique has gone to the Quiet Council, which essentially is a council of like 13 mutants. They each reside. They're all supposed to more or less, even playing ground, they're more or less like a democracy. So it's Charles Xavier, Magneto, Emma Frost, Sebastian Shaw, Apocalypse, Nightcrawler Storm, Jean Grey, um, it's, I think it's like, I think a total of 13. I'm trying to remember who else is on there. Um, well, we won't worry about it, but essentially she goes to the Quiet Council and more or less, she's begging them to let loose, to bring back Destiny, which is a very powerful mega level mutant and it's Mystique's lover. And her idea is that, you know, we, we need her back. And Professor X and Magneto both know, along with Mora, they're like, yeah, we can't bring her back. We bring her Destiny back. She's going to be a problem. She's going to try to undo everything we've done, and she's going to try and kill everybody. She has no care whatsoever about the rest of Krakoa or the rest of mutant kind. Like, we're here making a mutant... We're here... Making proper changes for mutants. And that's their idea. And more or less, they they tell Mystique, we will, if you can go on this mission, you guys complete it, we will consider bringing her back. Which gives Mystique hope. Because at the end of the day, Mystique truly does love Destiny. And that's like the person she truly wants to be with. But she also kind of knows that Charles and Magneto and Mora, they're not about to let Destiny out. So she's got to make choices. She just wants to know where she's at. This way, if she can, so if she can find a way to get her back herself, she will. So, of course, while everything's going on, Mystique ends up into, into one, of the, one of the locks, one of the areas for the locks. She kills off a couple people. But what she doesn't know is that the wife of the man that threw the grenade inside the building, inside their ship, she's mad because her husband just sacrificed his life to try and stop these mutants. And then he just got wrecked on by Cyclops and Wolverine. Like people are just, her people are dying left and right. Their ship is just going and it's utterly driving them crazy. And she's like, we, we're not going to put up with this. So, she finds Mystique, and before Mystique can get to the last lock to open it up, she sees Mystique, Mystique sees her, and all of a sudden, the woman speaks, she's like, <clears throat> you killed my husband, you die. And Mystique's like, oh no. And the air, woman pulls the lever, airlock opens, sucks Mystique out into the vacuum of space, and she dies. And this is setting the tone for how dire this is. She gets sucked out into space and she's dead. 
you know, Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawl, and a couple others, you know, they're going through, but systematically, you know, the rest of the team is getting killed off until it's Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler, more or less. Jean Grey's still on the ship, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler are still, or Jean Grey's on the shuttle to get them back, while Cyclops, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler are still pretty much the remaining three left on the ship. I mean, Cyclops is showing everybody like he is like the best of the best for a reason. He's the best tactician. There's a reason why he was a leader. And I mean, he's he's going through people like there's nobody's business. Unfortunately, the same woman that killed Mystique, you know, Cyclops knows it's more or less the end of the road. He tries to, he gets pretty much over, he gets outnumbered and she ends up just take, she pretty much Looks at him and Cyclops is like, we've done our mission. You can do what you want. And she goes, he's like, she's like, yeah, I could do what I want. And what I want is you dead and shoots Cyclops straight in the head and kills him off. In a moment that to me, I was like, oh, <clears throat> I was like, oh, no. I was like, they're they're really going for it. Wolverine and Nightcrawler, they're the last two and they're told that. They, they have to get rid of this mother mold. And this is it. And the only way to get out there is Nightcrawler would have to teleport Wolverine out there. Nightcrawler would immediately get incinerated. And w because they're pretty close to the sun is where it's at. And Wolverine 2, in fact, would be the only thing that would keep him surviving. So now we're going to jump forward to 100 years. So after the suicide mission everything like that, it it goes it goes sideways. They're they're barely able to survive, but it just goes bad. And more or less they're shown that the Sentinels are just too much for them. And that there was nothing they could have done. More or less Apocalypse and all his Apocalypse along with his horsemen, which included Wolverine and all of them, they they were pretty much done. They, there was nothing they could have done. Now we're going to jump to a thousand years in the future because there's present day. Yeah, present day. Actually, no, yeah, present. Yeah, when it started, which you've already gone over with, which essentially was just Charles meeting Mara. Then we had 10 years later. Then we had 100, and then we had 1,000. So, thousand year future, you're, just, you're walking around with this kind of mutant alien hybrid that's going around. He's just talking about the future, kind of what's going on, the phalanx, everything like that. And with everything going on, there's it's all this craziness that like no one knows what to do with. You know, he's he's going over everything. Like like the world's going to end and no matter what the mutants did, there there was always going to end. And he very much sets that out there in stone. Or at least that's how I interpreted it. Other people might interpret it a different way. That's more or less how he lays it out to... Really, to the person he's talking to. Now, he brings up that there is the phalanx. And the phalanx here is here to determine... What the world is supposed to become. Whether we're supposed to go to Eden... Or we're supposed to just die. And as they're going through, she's 
person that's being spoken to, they're kind of just chit-chatting. They're going through everything that's going on. And then they finally meet the phalanx and he's to decide the fate. Now let's jump back to the ship. Back with Wolverine and Nightcrawler 10 years later. They, they make the jump. Nightcrawler immediately gets incinerated. Wolverine, in the most badass way he can go out, lands on the lock, just sla- starts slashing it, unlocks it, and then he goes, if I'm going, I'm taking this thing with me. Takes the mother mold and is destroying it as he's going down to the sun. Like, he's just going. Jean Grey realizes she's the last of the mutants. And now the ship was not taken out. They took out the mother mold. That was the that was their primary mission. The ship was to be next, but unfortunately, with everyone dying, the ship could not be taken out. Only the mother mold could. Which is good. I Means it's gonna delay them from making a new one, but bad because the mother mold was creating a crap ton of master molds so that now know where Jean Grey is and they're locked in. And they roll upon her, and Jean sends one last psychic message to Professor X saying, We're sorry. We we managed to get the master mold done. And, or we managed to get the mother mold taken out. We're sorry we couldn't get the ship. And Professor X, with tears in his eyes, just he feels his Jean Grey's ship is just destroyed by all these master molds. Like they're just raining rough shot on it. But there was no way she was going to be able to come back. And it's just craziness. Now, remember when I talked about what they teamed up with Mr. Sinister? This is what I was talking about. I've talked about it previously in some other podcasts here and there. But when they made the deal with Mr. Sinister, the reason why they did what they did is to more or less reincarnate mutants. So... This way they could both still keep their numbers up, but also bring back ones that have died from very long ago, as well as ones that have died recently. And thanks to the five means they have, they're able, they combine their abilities together and they're able to create pods and they're able to bring back mutants back to life. But using Cerebro, you're able to back up the memories and knowledge of each mutant that has gone on. So... Let's say with Wolverine dying, they have whatever his original thoughts were backed up into Cerebro. So, of course, being who they are, they they have gone and brought them back. And they, they do it in a celebration to show everybody, like, we can reincarnate everyone. We can, we don't have to fear death as much. We can make, you know, we're here to stay. And while all that's going on, they've also found a way to perfect the drugs and to more or less cure a lot of diseases. This way they can make the world know they're on a global superpower. Now going back to the future, 100 years in the future, the chimeras more, more or less came about due to the fact that what with Mr. Sinister and all his meddling. So... The timeline we were seeing, all these movements, everything like that, they've all been shifting. And they're going up to this thousand years in the future. But the Chimeras Morris came from Mr. Sinister, who created these genetics. 
And they've gone through different things. And more or less, you find out that it's been a lot of, you know, crazy moves that are leading up to what's going to happen next. You know, after the 100 years, you know, all apocalypse, suicide, mission, everything like that, it failed. Now we're at the 1,000 years mark with the phalanx determining what's going on. So the phalanx ends up deciding that the person that the main guy was talking to, that they can go up to Eden. And within Eden, they find they're, they're able to be in there. And when it opens up, you find out it's, that it's Maura McTaggart walking through. And she runs across Wolverine. So Maura McTaggart has been surviving this whole time. You know, she is... She's found a way. And they found a way to kind of keep her alive for a long enough time to get there. And the person she runs into is Wolverine. And Wolverine talks to her and she goes, it's time. It's time that I die so I can give this information over to Charles and them. And Wolverine, doing what he does best, he stabs more McTaggart, kills her off. And she's able to be reincarnated and give all this information. This way, Professor X knows what's going on. He can see all these events that led up to it from when she first met him to how far in the future, even a thousand years. And honestly, I, I can't do it as well justice as Jonathan Hickman did talking about it. But I will definitely say read it. If it's something you find interesting... Check it out. There's so much more that goes in it. I'm kind of giving you guys like enough for a bare bones one to get you guys going forward if you really want to get into X-Men. But dude, it it's nuts. Like they they're able to at the end of it, you can tell it feels like it's a good day for mutants going forward. The world recognizes X-Men or recognizes Krakoa as a country. The mutants are, you know, again given you know, they feel like they have freedoms. You have where mutants more or less can survive death. So they can be reincarnated. So this way they're no longer just fearing of being just murdered off. And they have, you know, they still manage to destroy the mother mold that was going on. So that still technically happened in the main timeline. Never really changed a lot to it. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry about that. Ooh. And they've gone through and gotten everything done. And they're leaving it off to where they're on to their next journey. Changing the world for the better. You know, making sure they keep humans and everybody else in check. Helping out mutant kind, doing whatever it takes to make sure that mutants know there is a safe haven. And establishing rules. And they, they do quite a bit. At least in my opinion. But uh, yeah. Honestly. Read Dawn of X. Which is essentially. Uh, House of X and Powers of Ten. It's about six issues each. But they're in one. You want to read them. Together. Where you want to go issue one one. Issue two two. Issue three three. Four four. Five five. Six six. Like that. So you're going to want to read. Each one, starting with uh, 
House of X, then Powers of Ten, issue one, and kind of goes that way. But dude, it it was so much happened with the book, and Jonathan has definitely laid out the groundwork for a lot of great storytelling. And he changed the mutant. He changed X Men in a lot of ways. I don't think people were expecting. I think to me, and I, I kind of bring this up. The moment they really brought in Resurrection and they combined that with Mr. Sinister and kind of started really bringing in all of, you know, the X-Men's villains, you know, really taking out a lot of the persecution, really making a lot of it in-house, you could tell that there was a that like they didn't have to go back and rehash old stories that they more or less had to just go through and just they had the ability to tell great stories that I'm interested in. And right now, our biggest thing is, you've all, for people who've been keeping up with it, you've had Empire, which John Dickman knocked out the park with Empire for the X-Men tie-ins for that. And now you have uh, X of Swords, which it's slow going, I will admit to that. But it's about 22 issues, and it's crazy enough as is. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully it wasn't super crazy. Hopefully you guys appreciate what's going on. And uh, yeah, don't worry. Podcasts are going to start coming out normally. It's going to usually be... Uh, normally it's Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we'll see. I might switch up a little bit if I got to do Sunday, Monday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I might do it. It just depends. But for the most part, you have Sunday, Monday... Wednesday are your ones, and then Friday are usually the big four. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening, and have a great day. Later.